0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Aisha Torah, the Essentials class here in Yerushalayim, the center of the universe. Coming up on Tishah B'av, just uh, how many days we got left? Uh, two days before Tishah B'av today and tomorrow. And today we're going to talk about how uh, uh, how to connect with God but we're going to discuss it in the context of there's certain things you'll notice that you want, you never get. And there's certain things you want and you do get. So why is it certain things we want, we get, and certain things we want, we don't get? So if the principles like this, anything that's supposed to be inherent in who you are, i.e. healthy, uh, loving, connected, all those things... You get them by being them, and we'll talk about how to be them. While well, you get them by being them, not by, not by wanting them. Whereas things that you, other things that you want, like for example, wanting a house or wanting money or wanting a, you know, I don't know, a degree or uh, any of those things people want out there. You gotta actually want it badly to get it. So most things that you want to get that are exterior external to you, you gotta want it badly and then get motivated and get it. Whereas things that are internal to you, that are of your essence, those things if you want them, it'll prove to be go against you. For example, you'll notice that most people who want love never have it. They never have love. The people who want love <laughs> tend to um whenever they get to have love or get close to love they they sabotage it and mess it up in some way because they prefer to want it they they their self identity's gotten wrapped up in wanting it and it's another thing with uh you could even say that we're inherently built to be healthy you'll notice that trees are generally healthy uh, deer are generally healthy. Dolphin are generally healthy. Like, if nothing goes wrong in general, they're healthy things. They, You know, they don't catch colds, okay? Your dog doesn't catch a cold, okay? Now, I'm sure there's veterinarians who would say dogs do catch colds, but I had a dog for 14 years. The only time we ever took that dog to the vet was when it got hit by a car, which, which happened nine times. <laughs> 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 We weren't the most responsible dog <laughs> Well, the dog was crazy. I mean, it, it used to chase the bumper of cars, you know, barking and chasing at the bumpers of cars, but uh, un- unlike other dogs that chased the back bumper, our dog would chase the front bumper. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a slow learner. <laughs> People used to call us because, you know, it did have a caller with our phone number on it. People used to call us miles away from our house and say, Who's in LA? Miles away. They would call us and say, we have your dog, uh, why don't you come get it? And we'd be like, why don't you just let it go? <laughs> they're like, uh, well, I see your address on the collar. I mean, is, the dog's miles away from your home. And I'm like, he found his way there. He'll find his way back, won't he? And they're like, I think it's a she. And I'm like, she'll find her way home. And... <laughs> This was a great dog. It was an amazing dog, but it was totally independent, and of course, got hit nine times. It didn't even die on the ninth time, which was a school bus. But the uh, the the, uh, the the veterinarians, who uh, I guess someone merc- merc- mercifully uh, took it to the vet, and uh, we got a phone call from the vet. And the, but the veterinarian at that point said, "Like, put it to sleep. You know, that's it." So we all say goodbye. Anyway, the, why are we talking about my dog? <laughs> Someone know why we're talking about my dog? I don't know how we got. Oh, dogs don't generally catch colds. <laughs> <laughs> so, health is something you declare, it's something that. That is, it, it, it's something to declare it's inherent to human, to all organisms as they tend to work right. Unless, of course, we are not, unless we're messing something up. So, too, connection to other people. It's the most natural thing in the world that you should be totally connected to everybody in your life. Yet, you will find that most people are involved in some kind of crazy drama in their relationships. They're always, like, things get extremely dramatic. Just see, uh, just check uh, high school girls. Okay, how dramatic that gets. You know that gets extremely dramatic and goes away slowly over the years. Which is probably why women want to get married so badly—is that they can get out of all the drama of their relationships with their girlfriends and just have drama with their husbands. Now the anyway, but wanting love is not something you you are love. Like you just say, "I am love." Everyone, close your eyes for a second. Take a deep breath. Say as you exhale. Say, I am love. Say, I am love. How come I'm no one saying? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it again. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. I feel some of you are still with your eyes open. So close your eyes, please, and say, I am love. Together, I, I am, am love. love. Okay. Take a deep breath. Eyes closed. Say. I, this time you'll say, I am loving connection. Ready? I am loving connection. Another deep breath, eyes closed. I am love. Okay, open your eyes. And what you do is, because you are love, what are you always giving? You're always giving love. And because you're always giving love, it kind of catches people a little off guard. They tend to be loving back. And what do you know? You know, you live in a, you live in a sea of love. Cause when you're loving to people, people are loving back. And that's just the way humans are. We, get, we're, we're extremely receptive to being loved. Cause we're all so desperate for connection. So, so you'll notice that you're extremely, what was the word I just used? Receptive to love. And, and you'll notice that everyone else will be. So be loved give love and live in a world of love like you can actually live in a world of love just by being the most loving person that anyone ever met clear so you are, you are love so today's session is about connecting with god and if if you think like you no know, subject we just did which was love it sounds You know, like, okay, i got to, like, figure that out a little bit, that I am love, and that love and connection people respond to, and that that's, like, the nature of things. That's my inherent nature in So, So all the more so is your connection to God. Your connection to God is completely and totally real and alive, like we are in a constant connection with God. The connection is so intense and so all the time... If God were to, like, stop connecting to you for a split second, you'd disappear. But the issue is is we often feel disconnected, even though God's connecting totally. We often feel disconnected to God. Even though God's, like, pouring on the connection, we can feel disconnected. Now, the thing that disconnects us to God the most is the mind. The mind is not where connection takes place. But at the same time, you need the mind to, to contemplate. God, because think about it, your connection to God is going to be felt here, but to contemplate God's existence, because you don't see it, it's not natural to the naked eye or the ear, any sense, touch, no taste. So you automatically go here, but here's not where connections take place. No connections take place really in the mind. And you think when someone buys you something, someone you care about buys you something, you first recognize that they bought you something and then you start feeling the connection that's why you read the card first hopefully (laughs) if you're younger you don't read the card first you open the gift first but but when we're older we want to first feel the connection then we'll see what they bought us but the but it's all about the the connection to each other and and the connection is here so many of us get stuck in the mind we're so busy trying to figure out that there's a God also our mind often serves against the connection to God because of the things we go through you know you, you we always go into this like thing of like if, if there was really a God wouldn't he have been nicer to me wouldn't he have given me a different color of hair or something different color of eyes or or a different build or or a different metabolism or or a different complexion now if God really loved me everything would go right right except that's just our own craziness when uh, how we look is is so purely good and true but our standards are all mixed up because of uh, social norms and Marketing and advertisements of of how someone should look, what's called beautiful and what's called handsome. I never got any of that stuff. I didn't understand why. I could never figure out why a bald man was less handsome than a man with a head full of hair. Human beings are so organically who they are. I mean, it's like there's no hair follicle that's not follicle that's not exactly placed where it was meant to be. If anything, I think the only thing that could be maybe not nice looking on a man would be him being clean shaven because no offense to anyone who was shaved but they, they, God gave you hair in every spot is meant to be. And so so the fact that your face has been adulterated by you know a modern implement, you know, which in Hebrew is called hashchasa, is b- cutting the sh- what we call shaving, which sounds so benign. In Hebrew is hashchasa. What's hashchasa? Um, devastation. <laughs> <laughs> hashchasa is like—I mean, where else is that used? What are the context? You know, another Torah context. Hashchasa—it's like destruction and devastation—is it's generally used for so. That's why cobblers never touch their beards. Because they, cause they, also the cobblers go one step further. And they don't just say that every hair follicle is divine. But have you noticed that the beard hair is tubular? That's why it's wiry. See, hair on the top of the head is flat, whereas hair on the beard is tubular. That's why it's wiry. And that's because it's piping down the intellect to the emotions. It's piping the thoughts to the heart. It's your pipe. But it's not just that. We're created in the image of the ten spheros, which is how God runs creation. So your beard's actually, on a spiritual level, a microcosm of the actual flow of light to matter. How God creates the physical world, kabbalistically, from light to matter, is through all these parallel worlds, which come down this, you know, amazing... uh, I don't know how to put hishtalshalus in English, but an amazing flow... Of spiritual to material to physical. And we're built in we are all microcosms of that. And the man's beard is a is a type that's aligned with these spiritual realms, drawing down this light. But we were talking about looks. And everyone's looks are from God. They're 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 so unique to us, so special to us. You know that there were great Kabbalists lived uh probably up until this century. I know there was one in Jerusalem who passed away about fifteen years ago. Um but they but there were more like the previous century that there were Kabbalists who could read your beard. Huh. They would look at your beard and they'd tell you they would tell you who you were, the last ten incarnations, just from looking at your beard and tell you all kinds of other stuff about you question is, what they do with the women? <laughs> well, what would they read? Like your nose or your... I don't know what they would read, but boy, did they read them. The women used to line up. Uh, the, he was a... I would say he was a Kurdish man. He worked in a bookstore, in, or maybe a Bukharian man, in a bookstore. But no one ever... Went, it was like, you know, you could buy a pair of census or you could have your entire life read by this guy. So most people forgot about the census. <laughs> And, you know, he was the storekeeper. People would be lined up out the door. You just go one up at a time, like... You, you, most people forgot to buy anything. And he would tell you everything. And I, I met people who walked up to him and was like, your parents were divorced in such or such a year. Um, this is your sibling order, and this is your... These are your siblings, and... All the details from this guy running this little Judaica store. Old, old, Sephardic man. And... Anyway, but, but all of this, how our bodies are built and how our, how our hair is and our coloring and all of that is, is part of a Kabbalistic reality. So the more you get into that, the less obje- there's such a thing as called objectively good looking and the more of the beauty you see in all people because, because there's, there's whatever the society's told us is called good looking. They're not doing anyone a service. Yeah, not, definitely not a service. And also, um, it gets harder and harder for um, for men to find their spouse. Um, she could be sitting right in front of them, but he doesn't get it because he's so brainwashed by the images that he's seen. And, um, it's easier for women on that because uh, men are often portrayed as these, like, distinguished... You know, like, if you look at the newscasters... You know, all the women look like they're going out to dance all night, and the the men all look like they smoke a big pipe, and, uh, and you know, and are taking uh, you know digestive aids. <laughs> now, the. Uh, Anyway, but the love of God for us is inherent, and it's and it, and our connection to God is inherent, but it's here. It's in the heart. It's not in the head. Now, the head... Oh. The head makes its moves. Um, you want to try to hit the lights back on? That's the top switch of that panel right above your head. Yeah. I actually like it in the dark. But then we got to think about Facebook Live here. The, they definitely will not see me in the dark. Um, yeah, so we're we're all inherently connected to God. It's just the nature of things. You'll notice that the thing that gets the most in the way, as I was saying before, is the mind. I'll give you a couple of examples. The mind has no idea of how to be in touch with reality. What's reality? What's reality? So according to our understanding, the Finite world is an unfolding from the infinite, which means God's at all times interfacing with us. He's the USB cable to our world. And that interface is a fi- infinite into finite, is a constant unfolding into existence. So like, meaning God's unfolding into this moment from the future, and then that moment goes immediately through a shredder. So like the, the future's coming into this moment... And then going out into the shredder, but the problem is the mind can't really follow that moment because the second you start thinking about that moment, where does it go? It goes to the past. So a lot of our thinking in it's especially the part of the mind that figures out about you know that God exists, that part of the mind which is the analytical mind, is is not good at being in the moment, which means your mind is not reality. It can't be in reality. It's always in some analysis, but not in reality. God, on the other hand, is unfolding himself into reality at all times. So it's, your mind's directly in conflict with that. Your mind's what's in the way. And so for us to be in tune, for us to be in tune with this moment, requires us to stop thinking and to rather just be in tune with the unfolding of creation, which is happening now. And it's the only time there's ever been. There's never been another time. I mean, think about it. Has there ever been another time than now? If it were in the future, that's not yet a time. And if it's in the past, it's gone. So what other time could there be? Could there be an hour from now, in reality? No. Could there be an hour ago? Could there be a minute ago from now? Could there be a minute from ago? Could there be a second ago, a second You realize the only time there can ever be is this moment right here, right now. There is no other time. Well, where is God creating creation? Is God creating tomorrow? No. He's aware of it, but he's not creating it. Is God creating yesterday? No, he's very aware of yesterday, but he's not creating yesterday. Is he creating an hour from now? No. Is he creating an hour ago? No. Is he creating a minute ago? No. Is he creating a minute from now? No. Is he creating a second from now? No. Is it creating a second ago, no. What is the interface of God in this world, this creation? The answer is right here, right now. This is all there is. Everyone give a snap. Snap. Hey, you're the one who asked. I don't have a snap. Oh, you don't have a snap. You can just tap. Tap your fingers on your palm. <laughs> Everyone can do it with it. Okay? Get in the mode. Right, right there. Ride the wave, ride the wave. The unfolding of the infinite into the finite. Hey, what happened to your snappers? Keep snapping. This is the unfolding of infinite into finite. Right here, right now. Head out of the way. Not thinking about it. Just experiencing. Experience, experience. Everyone say experience. Experience, experience, experience. Experience, experience. experience, 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 experience. Turn experience into one cellar. Experience, experience. get rid of the X part. Keep going, keep going. So you can just ride, you keep going. You can just ride the wave of this moment. Keep going. That's all there is. In the shrimp. God's inside of all this I mean where is God otherwise I mean you're intellectually you can figure all kinds of things out but you won't be there and he is not going to be there either he's going to be here there you go okay stop snapping stop clapping stop clicking try it without that okay everyone close your eyes take a deep breath Ride the wave of the experience of God, right here, right now, unfolding. Unfolding infinite into the finite. That's why it's called infinite, it's in the finite. Open your eyes, experience. And now, if you can reach that top button of the AC just to hit the power button off for a sec, Watch this. I'm going to take a deep breath. Release. Eyes open. Ride the wave. This experience has been there the whole time. It was going on the whole time. Just your brain was, your mind was obscuring the experience, and I've been drawing you guys in slowly, 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 to get to life, because this is life. It's always been there. Just you haven't been there. It's been there, but you haven't. You were the one missing. God was there. Much faster, really. was like, God was there. And now you're there. So now you're together. Now you're connected. You were always connected. It's just that you're, because you have the mind, you lost touch with the moment. You might be wondering, well, if it's just this easy, what's with all these commandments? What's with the 55,000 laws of the Shulchan Aruch, of, you know, in the Rambam? The answer is, is that you can align with this stuff you can align with God if you're Jewish. You, have to, yeah. you know, I meaning Gentiles just have like their USB cable just has like seven needle pins to go in. Our, we have 613 pins, you know. But it's a you know it's a complicated plug. It has some stuff goes in. That's the positive commandments. Uh Sorry, the 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 negative commandments. God's pinning. God's the pin. And we're, we're getting out of the way. We're giving space by avoiding pig or avoiding malacha on Shabbos or, or avoiding, you know, food on Yom Kippur. We're, we're removing, getting rid of chamez. So we're removing, we're creating space for God's pin. And then there's times where we're doing something, where we're making kiddush or we're, or we're giving stukka or we're putting on our tefillin or it's some pond. We're sit dwelling in that sukkah. And that's when we're the pin, and God gives the space. And but the but the all of these halachas surrounding our lives as Jews is just it's a really fat cable, you know. It's like a big complex cable. But think how much thicker the connection is. Like like you know the the keep the seven go to heaven of the Gentiles is a very simple cable. It's as thin as this iPhone cable right here. But but the uh, our cable is like piping down a lot of energy, a lot of energy in that. That's why you'll find Gentiles are more connected than non-observant Jews. Gentiles are more connected spiritually than non-observant Jews. You ever notice that? That many Gentiles you'll find are more connected. But an observant Jew who's focused on his connection with God, an observant Jew, no one can touch that person. No one can touch them. I mean, obviously we're talking about someone who knows what he's doing. We're not talking about a Jew who just happens to be raised observant and keeps Jewish law. We're talking about someone who's a bit of a master. The, you can you bring me the gu, biggest guru in India who's like, he's able to manifest precious stones. You know, He's like really wired to the, you know, the creation. Uh, the biggest guru in India can't get near a Jew who's got all the, all the connection. He won't be able to touch it. Not that they would ever compete, because anyone who's made it spiritually would never compete about st- such things. But whereas a Gentile is more spiritual than n- a non-observant Jew is because the non-observant Jew is, is inadvertently breaking all kinds of things. Now everything you breaks is another bug on the windshield. And so after a while, you can't see, after a long road trip, you can't see anything. Because all you got is bugs. And Jews, you know, we're traveling through our year. You know, think how many things, when you're Jewish, think how many things you can do wrong in one week. In seven whole days. Think how many things you can do wrong. So by the end of the year, have you ever wondered why we have Yom Kippur? You can turn that AC back on. Do you ever wonder why we have Yom Kippur? shouldn't the Gentiles complain to God? Like, why did they get a factory reset once a year and we have to wait till we die? The Gentiles. Why don't they complain? And the answer is is what they collect, what kind of bugs they can collect on their windshield would take them a lifetime of what we can collect in a matter of weeks. Because we, we are, since Sinai, we are held to this, you know, different level of sensitivity to... Uh, in the spiritual matters, you should know in the in the priesthood of the of the priesthood of Aboriginal cultures. You know, like jungle people who live in these multi-thousand-year-old traditions in those places. They have so many of our laws; it's crazy. It's like they got their own little Torah. They don't have them written, but the, the laws that are kept by the priesthood of aboriginals in, in the amazon or in the african jungle we're talking about the medicine chiefs like the top the top people the shamans and the tribes and stuff if you speak to them i've sat on a few panels with them we've got lucky enough you know with a big bone through his nose and <laughs> translators and stuff but they they keep a lot of laws and those guys are keeping a lot of laws and it literally is you'd be shocked how many of those laws they're following are in Torah, a tremendous amount of laws. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into too many <laughs> details about Aboriginal cultures, but certainly, needle laws are all in there, and and uh, they they don't understand obviously the details we do, but but so they. <laughs> So they're basically eating macaroni and cheese for a week let's say that you know they don't understand that their wives can cook for them and stuff really? stuff like that yeah. so what is like their like when they do like meditations and all that like how does that compare to is that like a connection yeah so so what happens is there's a there's God and then there's a metaphysical world here and then uh, and that's got two whole sections to it the metaphysical world And then there's, um, obviously, none of those geographic because God's in all of it. There's nothing but God. But we're just talking about how God created our world. And then down here is space and time. Uh, What else should I put these? There's the sun. There's the moon. They're friends today. They're going to be next to each other. Stars. There's also other levels before that. Anyway, uh, this is all called the metaphysical world metaphysical. And this is all the metaphysical. It's all finite. metaphysical finite world. But then starting right here, this begins the so this line here demarcates the physical finite world. So, now God's obviously the causer of all this. So God's like beyond all that. So what happens is our connection, let's say this is you. Hello. Okay. That's you on the earth, not to scale, obviously. (laughs) And (laughs) so our connection is always going to be, you know, straight to the top. Yeah, we're going... We want to connect, like, straight to God. Our interest, my interest is... Now, obviously, we're going to... All of halacha is lining up with the metaphysicals, but my connection is to God. Whereas the Aboriginal culture, they all believe in God. They they all believe in God. There's a big mistake people make with uh, because of their involvement with deities and mediums and oracles and all kinds of stuff which they channel from these worlds. This is their connection here. You're the one who asked me. Their connection is in the metaphysical. Okay. They believe there's a God, but they just don't believe that it's that. anywhere near... Like, First of all, how we know what it wants. Uh, we would never know what it wants. Who says it wants anything? And uh, when is it ever... I mean, you just know nothing about it, and it's so beyond belief. Also, just you, if I were able to show you what this world looks like, you're not even out of this plane you're just, uh, let's say here, you're still in our realm. Because our realm starts at this line, it's called Asiya. And this whole realm is the beginning of uh, Asiya. It's called Asiya. This is called Yitzira. This is called uh Ber- Beria. And this is called tsilos. So if I somehow could like I don't know what I'd have to do to you, but if I could somehow boom and then you get to go here all of a sudden, you're still in a But you're beyond space and time in this world. Whew. I mean you'll you'd be lucky to be able to you know, you'll you'll brush your teeth on your forehead later. You know, you'd be freaked out for life. So these these uh you know the, the people who were the leaders of these tribes are very, very much involved with these realms. I don't think they're necessarily getting to Yatsira, but they're definitely in, in, uh, you know, in these areas here. You know, they're definitely involved in these intermediary areas down below. Which the complexity of which are so massive that if you spent your entire lifetime trying to navigate here, You'd never finish. And guess where the souls of Israel go? This is where probably the souls of the Gentiles go. Into that complexity. souls of Israel go here. I Meaning the second you die, you, like you have to get through this area, this is this is kind of a rough spot here. <laughs> We're not going to go into detail of what this spot is. But you got to get through this substrate. But once you cross through there, you're boom! move all the way up to there. Which is the world of Yetzirah. And, I mean, it's something special. Um, Obviously, it's not like, you know, Arabs say, you know, where it's like, or Muslims say, where it's like, you know, wine and like (coughs) 72 people waiting for you there or something. There's no physicality whatsoever. The entire experience is I mean think What what is this place made of any know physics what is this place made of what it's made of energy it's happening vibrationally this is all vibrational you're listening to vibrations the colors on your shirts got some cool colors around here are all vibrational you know the color of your shirt all the colors are vibrational colors they've got that totally vibration the uh, taste they've gotten down the frequencies of taste it's all vibrational Everything's vibration. Wood has a vibration. If you feel the metal frame, it's colder to the touch, c- just because of its, the speed at which it's vib- vibrating. Everything's made of intelligence. It's all just moving vibration. And so when you, with, and the light, obviously, is coming from light energy, which is, you know, photons of light coming in vibrationally. Everything's vibration. So when you, this, this realm has super complex vibrational energy this has an even more complex vibration so you're in that you're in the actual vibrational life there. The, you're in the vibrations themselves whatever that's supposed to mean but apparently it's it's very special you know, I think it's pretty special down here yeah. any of you guys ever been to a concert with like and probably if you were raised observing maybe never had this happen but uh you go to a concert with 30,000 people you know yeah. with a Band playing a, a vibrational energy music that the entire 30,000 people are grooving with. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> vibrational energy is a pretty good experience. It's pretty special. And so all of this world's made of those vibrations. We often feel <coughs> disconnected. We don't feel connected to them like you would at a concert. But the, uh, but the when we pass away, so we'll be totally in that vibrational energy. I don't even know why we're talking about this. How do we get on this? Oh, I had asked the question that if it's as simple as just, what do we need all the complexity for? And and so I had mentioned that Gentiles, there's only so many bugs they can get on their windshield, so they're generally more spiritual, while Jews can't even see where they're going. And this is why we have Yom Kippur, is Yom Kippur strips away the bugs on the windshield, it cleans off the windshield. We get a factory reset once a year, just as a freebie that uh, even if you don't do tshuva but it's better to do tshuva on Yom Kippur and, you, and why is it one of the reasons it's so important to do tshuva on Yom Kippur even though it works even if you don't is because the, it's because if you don't do tshuva on Yom Kippur you're going to be grabbing bugs the next day in a big way whereas if you do tshuva on Yom Kippur you're clear like most people I know after Yom Kippur they want to stay as clean as possible you know, they they, they want to do everything right. If they do something wrong, like a week later, they're just like, duh. Meaning like the guy had eaten meat recently and someone offered him a sip of his, his uh, smoothie. So he takes a sip and he's like, that wasn't milked, was it? And he's like, yeah, it's yogurt shake. You're like, duh. A week after Yom Kippur, you're like, Or you said something about someone three weeks after Yom Kippur. Painful like that you just blew it. But if someone ignores Yom Kippur they still get the same cleanse. They they're cleaned off. Even if they're water skiing in Tiberias, they're getting cleaned off and they but meanwhile, you know, they're tacking it on just as they they're cleaning it on, they're tacking it on as they go. Kippers is the best day to eat a double bacon cheeseburger. By the way, because you're so busted for eating that the double bacon cheeseburger is ignored compared to <laughs> the fact that you're eating. Okay, um, so you guys got the idea. You got it. You can. You always were connected, and it's only your. Crazy head that gets in the way, and so your connection's never a subject of the head. Just like it was an Olympic track runner who's going to get his heart involved in track running, going to win. Olympic track runner going to win if he gets his heart involved. No, he's just got to run. He needs legs for that. Pure instincts. Is a aerobics instructor. Or a yoga teacher who's all about legs and body, going to have a good marriage if they don't, if they don't know how to use their heart. No, they're good at stretching their bodies into pretzels, but they're not necessarily good at stretching their character traits and, and how to properly mesh with their spouse. Is someone who's involved in, a, in loving God but completely ignorant of Jewish law like they don't know what they're doing are, are they ever going to be able to keep halacha and, like keep God's ways as a Jew no. it doesn't matter how much they love God but love's here so there's there's figuring things out there's connection and then there's instincts and you always want to use the right one at the right time very few things you're going to be using all three at once it's very rare we'll be using them all thank you very much Shalom